Welcome to When Life Stops, a podcast on finding new meaning after loss. With your host, Daytola and Stella, we are both moms who have loved and lost. Every week, you would hear more about our stories, relatable interviews, as well as practical tips that you can apply to help you find new meaning after loss. Let's dive in. Hey, welcome everyone. Hey Stella, how's it going? Hey, hey Daytola. Wow. Great to be back with you here. Yes, it's great to be back with you on another episode, yes. life-changing episode of When Life Stops, a podcast of finding new meaning after loss. This is our seventh episode. And today, yeah. <laughs> and, and today our topic is on loss and its effects on men. Wow. Mm, I think it's going to be a deep one. It's going to be interesting. Yes. Yeah. We have an amazing guest with us. But before we introduce our guest, I wanted to say a big welcome to you if this is your first time here. And thank you for tuning in today. If you are returning, thank you again for coming back. Thank you, guys. Now, like I said, today's topic is on loss and the impact on men. It's interesting because we did some little research, but we couldn't really find much on this topic. And this just goes to show that not a lot of research has been done mm. on the impact of grief and loss on men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm really hoping that our guest today can share his experience and hopefully educate us in the mm-hmm. process. So I'm excited to say that our very special guest mm-hmm. is none other than uh-huh. Stella's amazing husband, <laughs> Abidemi Agwo. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today. We're yes, so excited you. that you're here. Yes. I hope you're excited too, sir. Um, thank you very much for the invite. I'm absolutely delighted and excited to be here. I've been, you know, seeing what you guys have been doing in the oh, background. Thank you. Um, it's been such an inspiration, you know, to to watch and see how this has evolved wow. from, you know, the just the talk of it to what you guys have done here in the seventh edition or episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seventh yeah. episode, and, yeah. And yeah, and it's been a wonderful listen all through, in spite of the fact that I've you know, it's been a journey that I've been on with my wife. Mm. It's inspiring, you know, wow. listening to the sessions thus far. Yeah, so oh. thank you. Thank you for obliging. Thank you for <laughs> agreeing to come and sit on our, yeah. you know, on our, on our chair. Mm-hmm. And we don't take it for granted that you're here. So thank uh, you. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> yeah, I know Stella is particularly excited. Well, yeah, let's contain that excitement like, a little like, bit. Like I am excited. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Mr. A, can you tell us, you know, a little bit about yourself before we get into your love story? Just a little bit about yourself. I've been introduced. My name is Abidemi Agro, and um, background-wise, um, I am an engineer. To be precise, I'm a tunnel engineer. Um, I'm passionate about nation building. I'm passionate about the ministry of men, especially um, the fact that um, I love to see men um, become, you know, the 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 pivot in society and taking their rightful place um, with the right identity um, that um, God has given to us individually. And um, I'm also, you know, very passionate about um, cities and how cities evolve. I run um, an urban tech startup 
Mm-hmm. And um, I'm also involved in, like I said earlier, on the construction, um, design construction of tunnels, which I do time to time in the UK. Wow, that sounds really amazing and mm. packed. And I love the fact that you're not just working in a job, but you've actually extended that out to, you know, the community. Um, I mean, what you said just now about loving cities and how they expand, you know, that's really profound. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. Okay, so we want to hear from you. Tell us a bit about, you know, tell us about your lost story. Um you know, tell us as much as you want, as little as you want. But I think one of the things I also want you to share is your first reaction to losing your daughter, Tamara, as you share your story. Okay, so this is a story I've had the opportunity to tell in more recent times, um, you know, quite often. And it's, um, it's one that I share, you know, with every ounce of joy, it's a special experience, if I put it wow. that way, mm. you know. Um, so, like you said, Tamara, Tamara, you know, is, um, is it will always remain, you know, a special name, mm. a, a special um, person and part of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we, we, you know, as young um, individuals, fell in love, got married. Um, I've been, I was in the UK, my wife joined me in the UK and, Immediately afterwards, uh, is it six months? You know, we found out she was pregnant, mm. and um, we were just basically looking forward. For me, I'm this person where I just take life, you know, the way it comes. Mm. I don't think much to it. I just like to go on, you know, and move on, and do things. So when she she came to me to tell me that, uh, well, we're pregnant and um, we're expecting, I said. You know, my reaction at the point was I was I was excited. I know she, at the time she was a little bit. Um, <laughs> we know we're not we're not planning to you know to be at this point now. We wanted to wait for at least a year, year and a half there about. But yeah, and um, we basically enjoyed the pregnancy period. Mm. I know we did quite a lot of things. We enjoyed went through it. Um, prepared for um, my um, daughter's arrival and. Lo and behold, she arrived. Mm. Uh, her grandmom was here mm. for the first time. She traveled, <laughs> I think, in 20 years or so, um, you know, to the UK. She, she used to travel to the UK quite a lot when she was very young. So everything was set. The, the, the royal carpet was there ready for the <laughs> of, of the queen herself or the, mm. or the princess. Mm. And um, it was a relatively, you know, joyful, joyful experience. Yeah. experience. It wasn't difficult, you know. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a difficult process as such, you know, so, and then we, we came back home, everything just kept going on, you know, and it was um, not until about, you know, a couple of times we had, you know, question marks as to, mm. okay, she's supposed to be doing this at three mm. months, she's not doing it. But like I said, I would, I would not even think anything about it. I mm-hmm. just, you know. Um, it's just one of those things and obviously this was our first child yeah. Yeah. and um you know so and we we just went on until you know it, it was a day i think when she was around about six months we went to visit a a family friend mm-hmm. who is um um a, a senior nurse senior matron and she carried our daughter and straight away she could pick up wow you know that there was something wrong 
So she called me aside and asked me that, you know, in, in Yoruba, that has, have you been to the GP? You know, I think you should go to the ARNI tomorrow you know, than, and get this child checked. Wow. Uh, you know, she's supposed to be responding to this, this but she isn't. And even at this age, um, you know, she should be doing this and that. Um, already, maybe a couple of weeks before that time, we were already beginning to get concerned. So this was more like a confirmation. So straight away, the next day, my wife took took um, Tamara to the A&E. And lo and behold, you know, when they saw her, everyone started asking questions. And we had even been to the GP prior to that time. And the GP did not even raise any concerns. So wow. we were wondering, what's the, mm. this thing? But, you know, the way, if I remember the way my wife related it back then, it was the case of, um, you know, it was like a bombshell was dropped in the middle of the A and E and everybody <laughs> started running helter-skelter skelter wow. around, you know, like, you know, what do we do? And, and, you know, so it was obvious there was something seriously wrong. Mm. And, um, I was, you know, she was feeding me back from the phone. Yeah. Uh, it was really, uh, naturally, I'm a very emotional person. Very, very emotional. I do think I'm more emotional than her. Yeah, yeah. you emotional. I'm, I'm, I'm you emotional. <laughs> 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 okay. That's another that, topic for another day. Yeah, so, yeah, um, she, she gave me feedback. I was at work. And, um, yeah, I could remember, you know, tears hmm. dropping down, you know, my my chin mm. my back then back then first time i'm hearing that you know, wow you know, interesting back then i walk i i try to hold myself because i had people you know mm. i had you know uh people around me you know when she was talking to me on the phone i was already you know you know it was something like we were expecting the worst mm. at the time so <laughs> we got back home it was okay so okay so what's the next thing we needed to take her to the general and to the um, specialist, specialist hospital, hospital yeah. where they were going to carry out further tests yeah. and um, we eventually got the call two months after that for the break you know the breaking news mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and wow. um, so the doctor you know came to us was telling us um, you know it's not your fault it's not yeah. anybody's fault mm. you know this that but your daughter has um Spinal muscular atrophy. Wow! Even like, the name. Well, what is? I'm it's like, a mouthful. What, I'm like, what is this? What is exactly. that? But you know, I remember what we said at the time was at least there's a name to this for thing. it. Yeah. And you know, we we had this unflinching faith at the time, yeah. which we still always we we always are because we're we're people of faith. Yeah. As a matter of fact, my wife, eventually, you know, you know, this became the uh, woman, this woman of faith. You know, uh, a blog and, yes. and, and all the inspirational <clears throat> write-ups that she she does. So um, we we left there knowing what the name yeah. of this condition. rare condition mm. you know was, and we put our knees to the floor yeah. and we started praying. You know, started praying, and the church also played a very big role. I can't yeah. overstate or understate how much you know, support pastors, yeah. we got yeah. from our pastors at the time and and the church as a whole. And the doctor told us specifically at the time that um, we, that <clears throat> Tamara wasn't going to be around 
until the end of the year, which meant they were they were looking at about twelve months prognosis, and we we did not hold on to that. We kept on praying, we kept on praying and believing, but obviously the conditions kept getting worse. Mm-hmm. She had to get um, tubes into her nose. She could no longer feed, you know, through her mouth, you know, and it was just going bad and bad. And she never for once had to be taken to the hospital where she spent the night in the hospital. But we eventually, um, I believe it was the first time she, she was admitted in the hospital was when we had moved because my wife got a job in Eastbourne and we had to all move to Eastbourne. And um, we, I think it was the December of that year, we, we, she, she came down with um, uh, a chest infection, a chest infection mm-hmm. and, and she was admitted in the hospital. You know, a lot of things have happened. I'm just, as I'm talking to you, I'm just trying to get back this, 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 the memories. I can't count the number of times we've had to be prayed for in the hospital, you know, in case she dies at the time. Mm-hmm. It was like maybe three or four times. Um, the number of times they came to meet us to sign um, the do document of red, do not attempt resuscitation, <laughs> oh, wow. you know. Um, <laughs> and you know, it was just some very, very serious thing. I'm looking at myself and I'm like, come, what do we, who did we offer? Exactly. What, what, how did we get here? We just want to just live our lives. Like, God, how pursue, far? We're not pushing anybody. Who is, <laughs> you know, so it was just, mm. you know, it just... To be fair, I was literally cruising through all this then, and um, we, she, she was in intensive care for a long time. And the greatest memory of all this was that this girl had constant a smile. constant <laughs> smile through the pain. Aww. And for me, that's one thing I take, you know, I take away now. It's it's a patch in the whole experience, which is one of the things I believe, you know, we should all try to see, you mm-hmm. know, in every dark cloud, oh. there's a silver patch. Yeah. And if you hold on to that patch, um, it will give you a ray of hope, yeah. you know? So for me, the girl, the, the memory, that's the only other thing I remember now, you know, because I smile, I'll say, I'll say, um, she inherited that smile from me because I have a very gorgeous smile, and God sprinkled the okay. glory of heaven. God, God sprinkled the glory like of that. heaven, heaven on her smile, and it made it so infectious that whoever looks at her just melts. And my my dad actually had a picture of her smile in his living room, and even after she passed, he refused to take it. Oh. The picture, you know, away yeah. until mm. until eventually they persuaded him to take it away. So what? yeah, it was um, it was it was um a very interesting experience. And what eventually happened was that we got back home, um, we after a couple of weeks, I think about six weeks or so, we got back home and we had to turn our house into a kind of intensive care unit because we had ventilators, we had wow. Um, all, in, you know, CPAP machines. CPAP machines, all these gadgets, and we had to train our nanny, you know, through the process. We were trained, we had to be trained on CPR, mm, basic, for life support. basic life support for, for, for babies <laughs> and, and, and all, all those necessary vital information that you need to have on the go. 
and we were also given numbers, emergency numbers, and, and all those things. And um, then I used to work in London, and I could remember the night um, um, I left. You know, I'd left that Sunday, and I believe that, yeah, that Sunday, and the last picture I received from my wife, from her, for her was the picture of her making, she made her hair, and she sent the picture to, uh, um, over to me on WhatsApp. And the next morning, because I was on night shift on my project then, and I had finished my um, project in the morning. Um, then Crossrail, I just started, and I was on Crossrail. We are building the tunnels, and I'd come back to where I was lodging. Just before I went to bed in the morning, say about 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, um, my younger sister literally had just traveled in from Nigeria because she was traveling in to also spend some time with us and perhaps also help mm. emotionally through the process. And next thing, I call the house and I could hear chaos in the background. I could hear the nanny shouting that she just came to um, Tamara's bed now and Tamara is not breathing, she's not waking up. And I'm like, just there. On the phone, I put the speaker on. I was sitting on my bed ready to sleep and I could just hear the pandemonium, everything going on in the background mm. and I couldn't help. For mm. me, that was the most traumatic mm. experience wow. that I've ever had in my life up to date. Mm. And I, you know, I look at the experience and a lot of times I'm thinking to myself, what would I have been able to do? Mm. Should I have just stayed back in mm. Eastbourne? Should I have just come? Did I not have that impression mm. in my heart that this was going to happen? Mm. Only I wish I would stay back. Maybe if I was at home, mm. I would have been able to help with the, you know, um, the scenario, the, the, scenario mm. the life support, the initial, you know, I, 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 everything just kept running through my mind. And <laughs> I, I was, I, I was, I was existing, but at the same time, not existing. Mm. Because I just felt like I was floating. I felt like yeah. this had to be a movie. This is definitely yeah. not true. Yeah. So I, I could hear in the background when the, the police came in. I could hear when the pan and paramedics came wow. in. I could hear everything. And even when my wife eventually you know, came in, because she also had to yeah. you know, come in from work as well. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, well, and next thing... You know, she told me they were going to the hospital. They went. To the, they managed to get like a micro pulse, if that's what they call it, when mm. pulse, um, um, in her. And so I had to that afternoon do the unthinkable, which was to drive um, about two and a half hours all the way back to Eastbourne that mm. evening. And I was driving. I'm not sure it was the safest thing to have done at the time, but mm. obviously I had to go. I had to go. And I got to Eastbourne, went straight to the hospital, and there was um, my daughter um, in the hands of my wife. Mm. She was already gone, you know. Wow. So she handed her over to me that, you know, I can't, if I remember the words you said, you said, see your daughter, mm. you know, handed her over to me, and I, um, mm. I carried her you know, like she was still alive mm. and held her tight. Wow. You know? And, um, yeah, and eventually they came in and they took her away, mm. you, know, wow. you know, from us. And it is so 
amazing to think about it now that we went back home mm. at night mm. without our daughter. Wow. And uh, at the time, you know, she she was, you know, we remember all our cuckoo, all our mm. everything, you know, at 16 months. Mm. You know, so it was it was it was a really really very challenging experience for me at the time. So in in a nutshell, that was um, the experience, you know, in terms wow. of timeline. Wow. of um our daughter wow. even listening it brings back so many memories and mm-hmm. you know it's such a a miracle that we're, we're here able to share this without mm-hmm. breaking down mm-hmm. without tears you know mm-hmm. uh, um streaming down our eyes it's, yeah. it's 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 unimaginable the amount of pain yeah. that you can actually go through mm-hmm. you know and i really thank you for sharing sharing your story not many people are able to heal and talk mm-hmm. about it so thank you yeah you know, and while i was listening to you there was something you you uh, mentioned you know right where you were listening to the pandemonium that was going on and you being miles away from your dying child and the thoughts of i wish i was there i wish i could do this i wish i didn't go you know those feelings of guilt that, that began to spring up in your heart, you know, and that we've, we, we've spoken about guilt in one of our episodes and it's something that we find a lot of people struggle with. And that is one thing that keeps people stuck in their grief. So how did you manage to deal with the guilty feelings, you know, that um, I wish I did, I could have done, I wish I had done. How did you manage to deal with those guilty feelings that stemmed up as a result of, you know, your inability to be there to help? You know, did you think that being there would have made any difference? How did you resolve guilt? You know, to be fair, um, in terms of the way I dealt with the whole experience, I don't think I was the, I, I would have, you know, I, I was a, the best example mm. of how to deal with it as a man. And I don't know, you know, there probably be men out there who had, you know, a better way of dealing with it. But, and I believe this is the reason why I'm here talking yeah. to, to you about this. And it was, it was such a very difficult experience. I didn't know what to make of it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't educated about mm. how do you deal with a, 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 a loss, the lo- a loss yeah. of a child mm. yeah. you know um, the only thing I knew then as a Christian was you know my faith well. mm. and obviously I try to do that but you know there's there's a part where you need to know what to do mm. in terms of the principles the steps and the, the actions, fundamental yeah. you know steps that you need to take for which you know, you can then apply yourself to. I, I didn't know any of that at the time. Mm. And, and so in terms of dealing with the guilt, I did not deal with the guilt until years after. Wow. Mm. Guilt were there. Mm. And I think that was one of the things, you know, that really caused a lot of damage mm. to me, you know, emotionally. Mm. So mm. it did affect me as a person. Um, like I said, I said, I did say that I was a very emotional, I'm a very emotional person. Mm-hmm. Now with time, I found out that I now became less emotional mm. and sensitive. Mm. It basically dealt a blow to me mm. as a person. So you built a shell. I, I just, you know, built a, mm. a wall around me. 
and I, I didn't want to feel anything or mm. I didn't want anything, you know, to know what I was feeling, mm. you know. And so, you know, but for, for you to be able to deal with the guilt, you need to come to a place of acceptance. You need to accept mm-hmm. the fact that, okay, wow. I shut it out, you know. Mm. So that was, um, that was how I was, um, you know, that, that was basically what had happened to me, you know, wow. for I'll probably say three, four years, wow. you know, where I'd, I'd shut it out. Even, um, <laughs> even when I had, um, we had my, uh, my son Zane, yeah. um, two years after, oh, and gosh. even, um, um, Zemira mm-hmm. four years after, um, you know, I was glad and yeah. excited that we had children, but, but Give then there was, there was, <laughs> there was something that was still missing that mm. I'd not, you know, um, dealt with mm. over time. Wow. Mm, so. Wow. This is deep. And I'm so glad that you're sharing this with us right now. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's amazing that you say all this because res- research tells us that men grieve more inwardly and it's less observable because society tells men that they should not cry because they are the family protector. They have to be strong for their family. So they somehow suppress their grief. And whereas women are allowed to cry, you know, women are allowed to talk, you know, and it's, it's funny. We need a lot more education about Mm -hmm. what is normal, you know, and I like that this platform is, 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 is challenging the norms and giving expression to the voices of men as well. So it's, I like what you said, you, you didn't know what to do and it began to have an effect and a tool on you. And I guess a lot of men who are listening will relate to this Mm -hmm. because they've experienced loss of a parent. They don't know what to do about it. They are told be strong. Mm -hmm. You have a wife, they've lost a child and that makes them, you know, lose touch with their own emotions and they stop caring as a way to mask or protect themselves from further hurt. So thank you so much for sharing this. Yeah. Thank you. And, um, another thing that, that research says is that from a male perspective that, um, when, when a man's grief is diminished, he would rather have people, um, give him an opportunity to grieve that if a platform was created where men were okay to talk, that men would, that's what research says that men would rather have people say, you know, how are you doing? What are you, what's going on in your mind? in the sense, normalizing grief and more men will speak up if grief is normalized. Do you agree with that? I, I agree with you. Absolutely. And you know, you really do not know how far this can go or how far you can probe until you begin to probe. And, you know, for me, I look at our personal experience and what I could actually pick for me was that, you know, if, you know, if it was, if there was um, um, anything we didn't really do, was the fact that we didn't, we didn't um, really talk mm. about how this was impacting us. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't even know if you know I cried, mm. but I know you cried. Mm. You know, mm. I know my wife did not hold back. She mm. would cry. Mm. She would be like, ah, uh, you know, she would wail. But I would go into the bathroom and I would mm. cry mm. and wipe my eyes 
I was at the time we we're building Crossroad Tunnel. I would walk into my tunnel then the tunnel I was um, working working on about a kilometer or 800 meters into the tunnel to go and do inspection. And midway through, I would just sit on mm. the floor of the tunnel and shout my head out because I knew that was my safe place. Mm. No yeah. one could see me. Mm. No one could hear me. Mm. I was I was not vulnerable there, mm. you know. So I would shout and cry, mm. but I would not dare do that where we had anyone mm. or talk about it. I wasn't even bold enough to talk about it because I, I did not know the emotions that will you know, follow follow through Mm. from me talking about it. And that was because I had not been educated or had not developed that capacity Mm. to handle the situation. Mm. So I was so fearful. And because of that, you know, I, I, I definitely, um, lost a lot of touch Mm. with every, everything around me. Mm. And one thing I found out was that, you know, the moment I started talking about it, mm. I actually enjoyed mm. about it. Mm. You know, initially it was difficult. You know, it would bring out a lot of emotions. I would cry. And it actually eventually got to a point where, you know, I was, I was, I could not, I could not help every time I talked, you know, I would cry, mm. you know. So that, if that had happened earlier, I probably would have healed earlier. Mm. So um, you're absolutely right. When men have the right platform, when they see um, someone taking the lead mm. in the place of, you know, expressing themselves yeah. and genuinely expressing how, you know, they've dealt with it, the vulnerabilities, mm. you know, the, 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 the aspects of, of their experiences where they've not dealt with properly, people will open up. And I, I believe it's that safe um, heaven that, yeah. um, that we need to create for men mm. because men look tough, mm. but men, um, mm. but we're, we're really, we're, we're just like, we're, human. we're just like every other person, Yeah, you know? Um, and you know, we are very vulnerable as well. Yeah. So. so true. So true. Men have emotions. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. My, and my pleasure. It's 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 amazing hearing you um, share this because as the wife in this story, um, I I I think I was selfish. You know, looking back, I kind of um, focused a lot more on myself. Obviously, I'm the one who carried the child. I'm the one who, you know, pushed the child out. I felt more attached and it felt like it was my right to, to grieve more, to will more, you know. And so there were so many times when I didn't even think that, oh my goodness, I wasn't alone in the grief experience. And this is what we're, we're, we're teaching that, you know, I think we did an episode on if, the impact on marriage where we said, you know, that focusing on grief as though you're the only one bearing grief is not helpful. You know, even though you both have your individual responses, there is also a collective response and each partner has to look out for the other, you know, and provide avenues where you're in touch with what the person is going through. You might not understand where, how the other person is grieving or where they're coming from, but given, given that avenue where I'm in touch. I'm checking in. How are you doing? Asking questions. Mm. You know, I, I don't know. That's why I remember when we spoke on the episode on marriage. Yeah. Where 
we talked about what destroys marriages. Yes, you it's know. the judgment yes. that each yes. one has on how the other person is grieving. So if, if you know, listen to that episode, the one on marriage. But I think we, we will still ask you a bit more around what, you know, you would have mm-hmm. wanted, you know, your wife to have done. But before yeah. we go into that, and I know you've touched on this already, but what would you say, if, I mean, looking back now, what would you say um, the impacts, what impact does culture and upbringing have on men? You know, and I, I know you mentioned that it's when your wife cried, it was okay. But for you, you just had to cry quietly. You had to grieve mm. by yourself. You know, you are alone in your grief. So what do you think the um, culture has to do with this and upbringing? And I want to believe it's not just a Nigerian thing. I think it's a societal thing. Uh, yeah. So what would be your thoughts on so, that? So, you know, it's, um, well, culture has a very big role to play and not just cultures, backgrounds in terms mm-hmm. of um, um, how, you how you were raised and your core, the, mm-hmm. the, the different core elements of your up- upbringing. And they say more is caught than said. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and... Um, when our children, you know, are growing up, or rather, let, let me go back to when I was growing up, I could point out many instances of loss, indirect loss, you know, around mm-hmm. me, maybe mm-hmm. my grandmother, yeah. when I lost my grandmother, and how the different people around me, you know, responded to yeah. it emotionally. Mm. I could tell, you know, I could observe and I could see that, okay, mm. you know, and even when I try to be, to express my emotion at the time, mm. you know, I, I would, you know, you know, I would be told, you know, you're, you're a man, mm. you, you know, you, you know, you don't cry, you're a man, be a man, come be on. A man. Grandma is in a good place. Mm. Or, you know, whatever loss, you know, is, you know, you, you're always being told to man up and that's, um, the error of masculinity mm. perception, yeah. you know, where you perceive men, you know, to be superheroes. Fair enough, men have a function spiritually, but it doesn't change yeah. the fact that the DNA, mm-hmm. the emotional part of us, is is basically what it is. Yeah, it needs it needs expression. Expression. It yeah. needs. Um, it needs to be cared for. It needs mm-hmm. to be managed. It can't be ignored. You can't be passive, yeah. you know, about the way you feel emotionally. And so um, culture does play a role, you know, from the masculine part of things where, um, you know, there's just this notion out there that as a man, you just need to man up. Mm. And you showing that, you know, you're emotionally expressive mm. is is equal to being weak. Mm. And that was one of the things I know we're, you know, we're even teaching our children because my son is also a very emotional person. Mm. And I, you know, Same as there, mine. Was, there was an experience recently where he was crying because he was going to miss someone. Mm. And, you know, it was going to be easy for us to just shut him down and say, ah, was, you will see this person again. You don't need mm-hmm. to be crying. But people need to know Especially yeah, men, that it's okay to cry. There's nothing wrong with yeah. crying. Yeah, he just wept. Mm-hmm. You know, for certain reasons, he he expressed himself. Mm. You know, David wept. People, there are people in the Bible, and and even presidents. You know, mm. icons. You know, and I believe actually crying as a man 
makes yes. you more of a man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. It makes you vulnerable. Yeah. It makes you more of a man. Mm. You know, because your ability to express your vulnerability shows that you have mastered your emotion. Wow. wow. Hiding it shows that you're scared and weak. Wow. Wow. Mm. True. Wow. That's amazing. So, um, culturally, um, there's a lot that we need to yes. teach ourselves yeah, that men need to, you know, know. That's so good, you know. And I, I like what you said with regards to even how we now raise our sons. Yes. You know, how we pay attention to their emotions. Things like don't cry, mm-hmm. you know. And why are you crying? Stop crying. It's unhelpful, mm. you know. There is a place for crying, you know. Encourage your child to cry. And after crying, get them to understand why they are feeling that way? Why mm-hmm. are you crying? Is it because you're sad? Okay. Sometimes you have sad feelings, but sad feelings are there for a reason. Mm-hmm. So you don't run away from them. Yeah. You embrace them and you think about how to walk through those feelings. So we need, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And I pray that God will help us, you know, champion these causes, Amen. You know, even in our homes, even in our homes. So mm-hmm. thank you for sharing. Yeah. So I know Stella, you know, shared a bit about how she felt maybe she was selfish in her grief. And um, so can we talk a bit more about how your marriage was impacted, you know, when you you lost Tamara? Um, From your perspective, how was your marriage impacted? What would would you have, um, what would you have expected maybe from, Stella as a wife because I know there are married men listening to this and also married women who don't know how to help their husbands because they're so self-absorbed in their own grief so how was your marriage impacted and how what would be your advice to married couples so um our marriage was seriously impacted you know by this and I don't know what the statistics is out there but I'm pretty sure that a loss of a child will be very high up there. In it's not so high, thank God. <laughs> yeah, thank God. <laughs> in terms of um, divorce rates, yeah, divorce but rates. there are other. So what I meant yeah. in terms of percentages is the percentage of parents or mm. couples who have lost oh, a child gotcha. at the of their life. So oh, when you yeah. look at that, when yeah. you look at it that, is high. Mm. the impact high. of that loss mm. on marriages. I meant so. Okay. Um, um, so for us, we were as you know, you, people you can look at us and say we are, you know, very sweet, nice couples, you mm. know, but we had our very rough times, yeah. you know, after that, despite having two beautiful, wonderful kids. Mm. What had happened as the result of that experience and me not going through the process um, of, of healing, you know. Mm was that I was disconnected emotionally. And Mm. that is a very dangerous thing in Mm. a marriage. Mm. There's there's nothing that could be more dangerous than that. Mm. And, you know, I I, I still loved my family. I still loved my wife. Mm. But there was just something missing, Mm. you know. And that resulted to a lot of things, you know. It was easier for me to be distracted. I could take up um, assignments, you know, you know, that really did not have the family objective, mm. you know, at heart. Mm. I was, it was easy for me to compromise mm. because there was not that full vested, you know, um, um, connection or, or yeah. 
clarity, you know, and and and, and so it, it it did affect us seriously, and um, you know, and it took us having to go for counseling, mm. you know, at the time. I I I got tired of of it, and obviously, I know, you know, God definitely played um, a role in this in terms of um, it had to take God yeah. for have a breakthrough mm. and that's probably one of the reasons why um the rates will probably be high you know where where you have these difficulties yeah because um there it, it gets to a point where it's it will be irreconcilable um yeah, you know you can't you can't irreconcilable yeah. you can't reconcile the differences anymore mm. because there's just that disconnect it's yeah. it's 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 created a gulf yeah. and to bridge that back would be very difficult most of the time without, you know, any form of yeah. intervention, intervention, from, you know, and, 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 and we had by God's grace because, you know, we, we had a, a, a church family, you know, that you know, we were implanted in. So there was, mm-hmm. there was that element of, you know, God's divine grace there, you know, mm-hmm. to help us through and, it just happened all of a sudden one day we had countless of fights. Mm-hmm. I remember there were times where, you know, it was a regular occurrence for us to quarrel. And when I say quarrel, I don't mean now, now we hardly, you know, quarrel. We probably go oh. without quarreling. We can have misunderstandings or mm-hmm. disagreements, but not like heated yeah. quarrel. Now, heated quarrel was a frequent thing, twice, mm-hmm. twice a week. And it will even result in me, Sometimes just walking out of the house because sleeping you know, in the car park. You know, sleeping. Oh wow, in the, in the <sighs> that's intense. You know, so um, it was it was a really big struggle at the time, and of course, I I, I was not someone that was violent. Yeah, if I was violent, it probably probably would have even ended hmm. <clears throat> a lot earlier. You know, so but it took um, God's intervention. We spoke to our pastors about it. We had a counseling session. I had a kind of divine breakthrough where, you know, it was almost like a scale fell up my eyes and wow. and my emotions were healed. Hmm. Then I it was almost like the, the tears were uncontrollable. For days I would cry. Wow. I would cry and cry and cry and cry and cry. You know, and um, even when I talk to people about it now, people are surprised how comfortable, mm-hmm. am, you know, talking about it. It's, it brings joy. Hmm. You, know, it's, you know, when you talk about loss, ideally, you know, yeah. about yeah. it. But like I said, um, you know, God has enabled us to see, have a patch, a silver lining. Mm-hmm. And every time we remember her, you know, it's yeah. just it's a sense of joy to our mm. hearts and that's all i could think of you know i could just think of i know it was a stressful a mm. very experience but i choose yeah to hold on to the good experiences and, wow. and the memories that we live by hmm. eh, at this rate stella we need to employ your husband to come and arm the man's m the, you know to to yes. to just take over the the, the men's side of things because yes. A lot of men need help. Yeah, honestly, honestly, yeah. a lot of men need help. And yeah. you know, we, we can we can joke about it or say it lightly, but our marriage was on the brink of hmm. you know <laughs> of, of, of goodbye. Hmm. I just could not reach my husband. Hmm. You know, I just couldn't reach him. 
Hmm. It was like there was there was someone. So bear in mind that I am here. I have healed. Yeah. I have you know embraced my grief, spoken yeah. about it. I'm moving forward. I'm helping people. Yeah. You know. And on the other hand, here's my husband who has become a stranger. Hmm. You know, he's not talking to me. Hmm but he's talking, yeah. you know, and there is no connection. Wow. And, and I just couldn't get it, you mm. know, and my nagging was a, a, a cry, you mm -hmm. know, see me, I'm yeah. here. Yeah. You know, we were not sexually active mm -hmm. for months because mm -hmm. obviously yeah. there's connection. Mm -hmm. Like he said, the quarrels were very, very rampant mm. and they were over flippant things, mm. you know, and like, he would, honestly, it was, you know, when you, you can't feel, your emotions are not there. Hmm. So things are ordinarily, yeah. he would say, oh, no, 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 that's not on. Hmm. He doesn't care because hmm. his heart cannot yeah. feel. Yeah. That was how, you know, and my attempt to reach at, reach to, reach hmm. for was kind of blocked. So there yeah. was that building, you know, yeah. and it got to a point where I said, okay, we're not doing this anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't. I don't want to have to do yeah. all this. Yeah. What's going on? Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm like, I think I had to go to God in prayer because mm -hmm. I was like, who am I going to speak to? Who exactly. You know? And it was at the point where this whole idea of going for counseling was still very foreign. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? And I remember one day the Holy Spirit just, you know, you know, whispered to me, ask him, mm. ask him if he blames you. Hmm. You know, and I remember he was in his station. It was a phone, a video call. And I said, babes, honestly, I don't like the way we are going. I don't mm. like what's happening. What's the matter? Mm -hmm. You know? And I said, do you blame me hmm. for Tamara's debt? Wow. And Daytola, Augusta cried. Mm. He started crying. <laughs> he started crying. Mm. He was wailing. He caught the phone, caught the wow. call. Because at that point, you know, that remember we talked about that image of him yeah. not being able to help, yeah. you know, being far away. Mm -hmm. And at that point, that was what was keeping him stuck. That mm -hmm. blame, mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. there was blame. Yeah. You know? And he called me back, I think, how, how uh, an hour or two hours later, mm -hmm. you know, and he said, you know, actually, I felt you know, that, you know, if one of us was there, there. You know, we actually talked about what it was mm. that was the gulf. Wow. You know? And so at the point where we were going to see our pastor, we yeah. were like, we are here. This, yeah. is, where we're we're <laughs> this is what we've discussed. And mm. again, right in my pastor's office, he wept again. Mm. And I'm like, wow. Man, <laughs> cry now. Was, All these emotions that had been bottled in. Bottled in. And he was able to cry and he cried his eyes out wow. and left there feeling anew. Wow. Hallelujah. Nothing, nothing new she said to us, but give us that opportunity yeah, to, to cry. And, and crying someone other than me. Mm. Got some form of healing. Mm. You know, wow. it's, it's amazing. You mm. know, so I really commend you for sharing this. And I pray that anyone who is listening to any lady or, or man, man. Who's listening to this can see how powerful it is to mm. talk 
talk, yeah. to share, Absolutely. you know, to talk about yeah. the questions, you mm-hmm. know, the things that seem silly, you know, mm-hmm. this fight we had, I wish this didn't happen. Talk about it. That's mm. the, the place where healing can Begins. start from. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This is, <sighs> I was going to say, you know, things as, you know, like, you know, maybe you took, you took a responsibility or, you know, you took a job or mm. you, you, you bought something, mm. no matter what it is, it's just, I think that, that communication between couple, not just assuming that, okay, we will be fine. Mm-hmm. Just assume that we'll be fine. We need to work at being fine. And work yeah. At yeah. Wow. Profound. So how many years after Tamara died, did this whole experience happen with, you know, about, yeah, this four was about four years wow four years after oh my goodness yeah. okay I, I guess there's hope for for some of us yeah. <laughs> we'll keep we'll keep it at that <laughs> four years after. wow yeah. and and that's why they say time doesn't heal mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. you do so we could have gone on mm. to six seven years yeah. and things would have gone worse. from bad to worse yeah so yeah Okay. So, um, Abidemi, back to you. I, I want us to kind of dwell on this because I feel like this is a big aspect of, you know, healing, healing as individuals and healing as a couple. Okay. So Stella said she tried to reach out to you. She tried to, you know, pull you in, but you are not having any of that. So was there something else you would have wanted her to do that might have helped? Or do you see what I mean? Like, yeah. what else could she have done at that point? To be fair, at that point, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. I could even think of anything because mm. I was. I was already, you know, I was already away. So at that point, I think the only thing that was able to help me was, you know, was you know that divine inter- intervention. Intervention. Intervention, and you know, because we had gotten to a point where I couldn't. You know, I didn't care about anything mm. again. Mm. I just wanted to just, you know, let's just live our life. Mm. You, know. And, you know, but what coasting on does is that, you know, there's no state of, you know, you, you can't be stationary. Mm. You might look, it might look like you're stationary, but you're not. Mm. You are either progressing or regressing. Mm. So True. that false state of cruising. Mm. actually meant the relationship was deteriorating fast. And it would only have gotten to a point where a single straw would Mm. have broken the camel's back, where we would have gotten to a point where that decision would have just been made. Mm. That, okay, this is it, it, you know. And um, so at the time it was, you know, it was prayers. And um, the best thing is to, head on from the beginning mm. yeah. you can do time from the moment it happens you have to check in constantly mm. if you leave time it's going to be a lot more difficult mm. to get the person back it's like someone that is you know that is you know that that, that has been washed away in the river or mm. something you know the further you leave the person and, and the waves take the person away the more difficult it is to actually mm. see the person mm. so you want to be in touch with the person the moment the person dives yeah. into you know so yeah. from the first day there is someone there people there mm. you know a structure you know anything anything whatever it is on the ground to help mm. yeah so this is where 
you know, you know, things like what you guys are doing, eventually I'm thinking you guys might be able to set up like a kind of like help framework where, you know, people are able to go through a process Mm. of, you know, moment they have a loss, whether they ask for it or not, Mm. you know, be offered because the truth is, you know, you can't leave it to chance. Mm. Everything has a fundamental principle and everything works by principle. And there's a principle you know, for this as well, which you guys are basically educating, you know, people on and educating more, especially on today's episode, men mm. on. So, um, wow, that is that is it. It has to be from the inception when it yeah. happens. Yeah, right. And it's interesting, you know, um, as a grief recovery specialist, um, one of the things they say is, oh, some people ask questions, or oh, how long should I wait before I? you know, get help right away, right away, because the earlier you get help, the better, instead of saying, Oh, let me wait a bit. Mm. It's like saying, you know, you get, you get, you get a, you, you have a court and you're saying, how long should I wait to dress it and, and heal it? You know, yeah. the earlier you get help, the better. So I like, I like what you've said. Are you a prophesy now? See, mm. <laughs> so I like, we'll claim that prophecy. And again, we, we believe that what of, what we are doing is going to help as many people as possible and we'll yeah. be able to take them on that journey of healing as well. Yeah. yeah. Thank so, you so much for sharing that. I'm so glad that we're talking about this today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, the, the truth is, you know, Detala, you said it, our hearts are broken. We mm-hmm. need to mend it yeah. you know, and mend it as a couple together from mm. day one, you know, and, um, a study shows also that a lot of people, whether male or female, they lose concentration when grieving, mm. you know, and I think in episode 12, um, we will be discussing more on the impact of loss on our jobs, you know, but I wanted to hear your experience, babes, because, you know, I was back in Eastbourne, you know, far away, you were in London, I knew that you went to work, you know, so I, I, I wasn't quite I didn't have first-hand experience as to how it affected your concentration at work, you know, your vision, your ministry. You've been able to do so many things after, you know, moving on from that. But how did it affect your sense of judgment, your, your work, you know, and other areas of, of your creative, you know, yeah. part of you? Mm-hmm. you know? So in one term, it just made me more selfish. Oh, wow. Mm. Oh, wow. And that was my healing mechanism, which was actually the wrong way. So I basically threw myself into what I believed was going to help me forget about mm. this very terrible thing that has happened. Your disguise you mechanism, know, you know, more so, or less. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we call it. Mm. And um, the thing is, my work was really, you know, fantastic mm. because they, they actually asked me to stay back for a month if I wanted to. Oh, wow. You know, um, and... Um, but then I decided after two weeks that, mm-hmm. you know, I was ready to go back to work. Yeah. I went back to work, threw myself into work. I would, you know, I would just focus on work. And at the time as well, that was when I, I started really putting myself out there. Because remember when I introduced myself, I mentioned that um, I also um, I'm interested um in, in nation building, mm. I do a few things and I started, you know, um, coming up with initiatives, you know, with regards to um, society. I was doing a couple of things in Nigeria at the time. And um, so 
it just made me more self-focused. I just focused more on myself, hmm. which is basically the wrong approach. Hmm. You know, so that was that was um, that was how I dealt with work. But work wasn't affected because okay. I gave my all to work. I decided to now put this whole emotion hmm. yeah. into work. Hmm. You know, I channeled everything into work-related hmm. issues into my personal business and the things I was doing yeah. for less of family. Mm. So it's interesting because yeah. we talked about how men, because of how they are action oriented, they yeah. tend to want to use work to mask. Yeah. You yes. know, so this kind of agrees with yeah. you know our discussion. True. You know, so true. So Amazing. True. You know, I'm I'm glad that you also said that your organization gave you time off, right? But um what else would you say from an organization point of view? How can organizations or employers support male grievers in the workplace? Look, okay, yeah, so that is, is, is quite key because, of course, we've been talking about mental health mm-hmm. you know, um, more recently and um, a, lot, a lot can be done. And mm. it's, it's, um, it's, an, a lot can be done in that apart from the time off you know that you would normally you know be offered you know time to to heal and stay back it will also be good if you know um people are deliberately asked or referred you Mm -hmm. know for for them to speak to people yeah um you know for you you know you you could have um like specialists that um or counselors, or yeah. but then I know this is something that would be difficult for men. Men mm. usually are not inclined to yeah. counselors mm. because we, you know, men alpha, you know, especially you know alpha men, or or maybe as a result of you know ego or whatever the case is, mm. um, you just feel that you know I've got this sorted. I don't need anyone. I could solve this. We could solve this. Yeah. Uh, sort this out on our own. You know, but the truth is. Um, we we all need, you know, life is all about collaboration. It's all about community. society, community. Mm-hmm. We we exist in a community because we need to connect. And what enables us to have, you know, for what enables the network is the exchange of, you know, expressions, the exchange of our lives mm. along that network, you know. Mm. You can't exist in a network without exchanging. Mm. Yeah. No longer a network. Mm. It is, you know, you're isolated. Mm. You need to exchange no matter what emotions it is. And, and that is where, you know, even at work, you know, you should be encouraged to um, attend sessions. They could create sessions, you know, for men and make intentional efforts mm-hmm. to get men mm. to attend, you know, some yeah. of these session yes, yes. and and even educate there's nothing wrong with organizing a workshop mm-hmm. for yeah. men societies on how to deal with loss yeah. you could you could write to organizations and tell them that because a lot of people performance wise it would affect their performance yes. and, and so these these are things that can be done and they should they should hear mark you know certain part of their operational time for this as well mm. and, and i Okay. I'm hoping some HR professionals are listening. We are yeah. here at your service to so come in and speak. Yes, yes, because yes. really, that, that you, a lot of us spend 
most of our time at work. So uh, organizations need to begin to create this type of workshops, not just for the grievers, but also for colleagues to know the right things to say when someone has returned from bereavement leave. You know, how do you handle that? How do you relate to them? You know, so yeah, that's that's a huge one. And I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that you have um, shared how organizations can help as well. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. So um, what advice or words of encouragement do you have for any man, father out there who is grieving a loss? What advice would you have for them? So um, if you're a man out there, um, you're not alone mm. in where you feel or the difficulties and the challenges, you know, that you feel you've gone through. Um, it's it's obviously a difficult one, you know, in as much as we, as men, like my wife said, she had that impression that because she carried the child, you know, she felt more entitled, mm. you know, to, to be the one to really feel like she's, you know, missing the most mm. from the experience. I believe we are very much as invested yeah. in the whole process. We might not carry, you know, the the baby, but emotionally we are very invested. And that is why it really has a lot of impact on us. And that is why I understand if you're listening, you know, right now that, you know, you, you've, you know, you've, you've had a very difficult time, you know, if you've lost a child or whatever loss at all. And, um, it's it's not the end of the world mm. and all you know we need to do is basically just um open ourselves up and for us men being vulnerable is not um weakness it's not a sign of weakness like i said it's a sign of maturity and it only shows that you have mastered your emotions to the point that it doesn't really matter um, if you're expressing yourself in mm. public or in private. And so, um, you know, it's, 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 um, it's an experience that you can, we can also draw positive from in that um, everybody looks at a loss as a very, you know, dark experience, very difficult experience, um, but you can choose to pick elements from the whole experience mm. that you reflect and on and treasure. And, you know, we, especially my wife, enjoys talking about this because, you know, she sees how this um, affects people's life mm -hmm. and helps them. And I believe that that's the, way, that's the way I feel as well when I speak to men. And I remember recently I was away in, in Abu Dhabi on a conference and there was a colleague I was speaking to and I was telling him about the experience of how I lost my daughter. Mm. And the guy looked at me and he was weeping. Mm. He had not lost his daughter. And he, the only thing he said to me, he said, Bide me, I have a wonderful family. My kids are healthy. But I was only just imagining losing one of them mm. as you spoke to me. And so, you know, my encouragement to men is that it is absolutely not the end of the world. There is, there is every form you can, we can draw positive 
elements from these experiences mm. and it could work out better for us you know in the future mm-hmm. and if it's in a way affecting your relationship you know with your wife absolutely that you know that is that is something we obviously did not plan for but you know i pray you know that mm. god um would would intervene mm. as he did for us you know for, for 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 us it was just a divine intervention there was nothing else mm. i was going to be you know i was going to be able to do and and god had to step into the situation and my prayer is that god will do the same you know for you mm. and it will cause you know that hard because it gets to a point where our hearts becomes as Hardened. hard as yeah. tone and I pray that the Holy Spirit, you know, will permit our hearts, Amen. our hearts to become flesh again, Amen. that we will be sensitive emotionally again. Amen. So. Wow. Thank you. Amen. Thank you so much for that. This, this has just been amazing. This is probably one of my best episodes so far. And I think that a lot of men, women need to, we need to just share this far far and wide and near and if you're listening and you know someone a male a man a, you know dad who has lost and loved whose world has stopped please share this with them yeah. please share this with them and i'm sure that um you know if you if you want if you want to reach out to um, mr a you can send us an email i'm i'm sure we can Ooh, Stella will help us, you thank know, you. <laughs> we'll connect you to Mr. A. Wow. So thank you for sharing that um, encouragement for, for men, for families, for fathers. Any other last words you want to share? Any other thing you want to share before we wrap this up? I must say, before you share, I must say a very big thank you mm-hmm. for coming. This, this has really touched me personally. So thank you for that. Yes. So my, my pleasure. Okay. And, you know, this, what I'm going to say now is really not about me, but it's about, you know, what both of you are doing. Um, I'd like to say, you know, finally that I am absolutely proud of, um, of what you guys are doing. Wow. You know, there, there are, I was speaking to my wife recently and I told her that um, it's not really about doing something. Mm. It's about doing it in a way God has yes. asked you to do it. Yes. Now, anyone that, would, that has been listening to your sessions, we know that this is different. Mm. You know, it has a different feel and appeal to it. Yeah. You, know, you, you feel like you're listening to people just talking yeah. about you know, something and anything and it's not necessarily grief. Mm. It, and and, and you know, we, we don't we don't have to come across as our whole life has ended. Mm-hmm. And and that is not what God wants. That mm. is not what Jesus wants. God wants us to rejoice to yeah. find again, to yeah. find, you know, to find the opportunity to live mm. even in the midst of chaos mm. and challenge. That is what God wants. And I'm been inspired by every single episode that you um, mm. both of you have brought out and um you know please continue do not mm. relent Aww. we um i'm always there obviously i have no choice to support <laughs> we, are, we are looking for sponsors <laughs> just kidding because yes. because please uh, sponsor us dollars your pounds <laughs> <laughs> no money serious not yeah wow thank you thank you, so much. Thank, you thank you for honoring um the, the uh for honoring you know what god has placed in your hands mm. and, and obeying and hearkening to it and um 
and uh, wow. yeah, I'm really grateful to have been invited here as well. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you so I'm much. Speechless. I'm, aren't you so sweet? <laughs> Stella is just smiling away. I am. I am. But, but honestly, I, I feel like I want us to just um, pray mm. for any man listening and any woman who is at a loss of what to do, you know, because I tell you, grief, you know, it's messy, it's, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's um, confusing. And especially when you have a shared grief mm. you know, and you are at this point where you are reaching out and you want to help someone mm. and you can't do much, only God can. Yeah. You know? And I just want us to, to release a blessing on anyone, you know, who is listening, you know, and I just pray for every man and every woman who's been affected by loss, who is trying to navigate through it. And I pray that God will reach out and touch them. Mm-hmm. I pray for peace in their hearts. And I pray that God would help them navigate mm-hmm. Season that God will give them the right words, God will create the right atmospheres for them to have these hard discussions, and that God will reveal what is at the core of what is causing you know the stuckness, the the difficulty that is that is causing them not to move forward. That God will reveal and God will heal. We pray that every wall that has been built in the hearts will be broken, that every every chain that has held them bound to their pain that it will be broken off them in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Men will find the grace to talk, that the women will find the grace to listen, and that the Lord will reach out and bless and heal their homes. And every home that is represented here will experience supernatural healing in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. This episode. Uh, thank God. Thank God. I'm, I'm, I'm really humbled, you know, to, to see what God is doing with this podcast. Yeah. And I know that God will bless everyone who is listening and they will take Amen. something Amen. You know, and so, um, Bidemi, can you tell us, because I know that a lot of men will want to connect with you. How can they connect with you? What's your, you know, your <laughs> handle? You know your email address if they want to. If you're happy, we can you know put that all in the show notes for people. You know, but how can they contact you? So, seeing that I'm a 21st generation, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. So I've got um, my Facebook is obviously Abidemi Agro. My mm-hmm. my names and um, my email address is Abidemi Agro at Rauga Okay. And, um, my social media handles are just basically my first and my son name Abidemi Agro. Um, and Instagram, Instagram and on LinkedIn, as well as which other? <laughs> That's whatever. that. Those are the key ones. Those are the whatever, key ones. Whatever so. handle is out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whatever. On YouTube as well. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for sharing so openly without yeah. holding back. And we really just appreciate you. And we give you a, a WLS hug. And we yes. thank you for being our guest. <laughs> thank you. And thank you to both of you. You are an inspiration for other married couples. If you went through what you went through and you've come out on the other side, with divine help, of course, then there's hope. 
So I just wanted to say that. Yes. And (laughs) and so to our listeners, I hope this episode has blessed you. Please share, 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 like, comment, and subscribe. Yes, please. On you know, wherever you're listening to our podcast, you can email us at hello at whenlifestops.org. And next week, we'll be back with another exciting episode. Keep taking little steps every day that would move you forward and help you find new meaning after your loss. We love you guys. God bless you. Bye. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found great value in this episode. Yeah, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, review and share. See you next week.